This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Today, eat Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Then, the adventures of Superman. Today, with Superman miles away and still searching for Lois Lane, two remaining members of the late Richard Heller's gang decide her fate as they hold her prisoner in a cabin deep in the woods. Listen. If we're caught with that same girl, Hanson, it's curtains for us. Because kidnapping is punishable by death in this state, you know. Well, we, uh, we don't have to be caught on that rap. Nobody even has to know we ever saw her. Really? How do you propose to accomplish that? Don't worry. Just give me a gun. I'll take care of her right now. Hold on. Don't move an inch from that radio. Because here comes red-hot news about a terrific offer. Yes, an offer of something that flies and zooms and streaks from your hand into the sky. Correct. Because we're offering you, now get this, a gyrocket. A terrific flying rocket model. A gyrocket almost half a foot long. A gyrocket you can launch high into the sky, up over the treetop. Yes, sir. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal, offers you this gyrocket on the air for two days more. It's yours only if you act right now. Listen, the gyrocket itself is long, slim, and streamlined, shaped of gleaming wood, red or yellow or blue, and with a steel propeller that packs maximum power. With your gyrocket, you get a metal launching rod and a wooden rocket launcher. You launch it right from your hand. A flick of your arm and off it streaks. But this terrific offer ends on the air tomorrow, so don't miss out. Send for your gyrocket today, right now. To get your gyrocket, send 15 cents on a Kellogg's Pep Box Top to Superman, Box 124, New York 8, New York. Remember, you can't buy this gyrocket anywhere. The only way to get it is to send a box top from Kellogg's Pep, together with 15 cents, a time and a nickel, and your name and address, clearly printed, to Superman, Box 124, New York 8, New York. This offer is limited to the United States. And now, the adventures of Superman. A small flying model of a rocket discovered by a boy in his family's auto trailer is the only clue to the whereabouts of Lois Lane, girl reporter who has mysteriously disappeared. 
nothing was heard from her until the little rocket bearing her written appeal for help was turned into the police. Certain that Lois had somehow managed to launch the model rocket, which had fortunately landed in the trailer, Superman streaked back over the route traveled by the vehicle's owners, examining every building within a radius of 500 feet of the road, the maximum flight distance of the rocket model. But despite his desperate efforts, he had not yet met with success. No sign of Lois yet, but I must find her. I must! Hooray! Meanwhile, hiding out in a shack in the woods, two members of the late Richard Haller's gang, George Barton and Lou Hanson, learned that Haller was dead. Believing the police were no longer searching for them, they decided to do away with Lois Lane, they had been holding as a hostage, and leave the hideout. Now, gun in hand, Hanson, followed by Barton, approaches the door of the room in which the girl reporter is in prison. She locked the door, Barton. No, there's no lock on the door. She must be blocking it. Oh, yeah? I'll fix that. It's funny, I, I can't plunge it. What's the matter with you, Hanson? Let me at it. Hey, wait a minute. She probably braced a chair under the doorknob. Open the door, Miss Lane. Open it or I'll bust it down. Come on, open it like that. You better do what we say, Miss Lane. We mean business. Why doesn't she say something? I don't know. Look, you... You suppose she got away? Impossible. There's no window in that room. And I was here all the time you were gone. Something's fishy. Well, maybe she's just playing possum. Let's try her again. Look here, Miss Lane. If you make us break this door down, it's going to go hard on you. You're wasting your time. If you've got any sense at all, you'll let me alone and try to get away. The police are looking for me. And when they find me, it's all over for you. Yeah, she's right, Hanson. She's right. Maybe we'd better... Come on. Give me a hand and we'll bust it down. We've got to get rid of her. Okay. <laughs> most of the distance that auto trailer travel and still no sign of Lois. If I don't find her the next few minutes, it means I was wrong about this or else that I'm too late. And I guess I... Wait a minute. Seems to be something in those woods ahead. I'd better take a look. Away! Now, once more, Hanson, the door's almost off the hinges. Yeah, this'll do it. There. That does it, Hanson. Now, Miss Lane. Don't, don't. Stay away from me. Stay away. Let her have it, Hanson. Yeah, right now. Goodbye, miss. I'll take that gun. Superman. All right, Miss Lane. Now, gentlemen. Superman. Shoot, Hanson. Shoot. You two are all through shooting. Shoot him, Hanson. Get him off me. Oh, you don't believe me, eh? Well, maybe this will convince you. Number one. Now, you, Mr. Barton. No, no. There we are, Miss Lane. Now, let's get these two. Wait a minute, steady. I've got you. I'm sorry. The strain and excitement. Of course. I understand. But uh, I'm all right now. Good girl. Now, you just sit down here while I rope up our two little playmates, and you and I will deliver them to the police. Fussing up the unconscious Barton and Hanson, Superman carries them and Lois Lane to Metropolis Police Headquarters. Then, after adding his statement to Lois's and seeing Barton and Hanson locked in cells... The Man of Steel disappears. A short time later, once more in his guise of Clark Kent, mild-mannered and bespectacled reporter, he sits in Editor Perry White's office at the Daily Planet and listens wide-eyed to Lois's recital of her recent adventure. And I don't mind telling you, this time I really thought it was all up with little Lois. But then Superman showed up and... 
Oh, I still get weak when I think what almost happened. Oh, no wonder, you poor kid. Yeah, but look, Lois, you said there was no window in that room. How did you get the rocket out? Oh, I thought I told you, Chief. Oh. There was a hole in the wall near the ceiling. I imagine a stovepipe used to go through it. Uh-huh. And I just stood on a chair and launched the little rocket right through the hole. I tried for hours before I managed to send three rockets flying through. You see, I tried to time them for when I heard a car coming on the road nearby. Well, you certainly were lucky to have one land in that trailer. Oh, you're not kidding, Clark. But where'd you get all the rockets and the, uh, the, uh, launching rod or whatever it is you needed? Oh, they were Barton's. He's a rocket expert, you know. And he had about two dozen models and a lot of drawings and a big suitcase in the room. Uh-huh. But, uh, but how come... Now, just a minute, Chief. Uh, as I get it, Lois, you were up in the woods when Barton and Hanson caught you and decided to hold you for a hostage in case the police caught up with them, right? Yes, that's right. Well, how did you get up there? I mean, Superman left you at Dr. Morrison's house in Cross Junction, and then, well, you just seemed to disappear into thin air. Well, I, um, I picked up a lift in a, in a car going north. North? Mm-hmm. But Metropolis is south of Cross Junction. That's right. But after I left Dr. Morrison's house, I changed my mind about returning to Metropolis. Oh? Yes, I knew that I had my hands on a terrific story. But uh, I had to go back up to Richard Haller's place in the woods to verify it. What story? Well, uh, if you're referring to the lost pocket yarn, Lois, Kent wrapped that one up himself after Haller crashed to his death at sea and Superman recovered the model and plans. Well, Come to I... think of it, I, I really ought to split my byline with you, Lois. You did help some. Oh, thank you very much, Clark, but don't bother. You see, uh, I got a story that I went after, and it makes yours read like a weather report. What? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? What story are you talking about, Lois? This, yeah. Chief, is the biggest scoop this paper ever published, what? or any paper for that matter. There's never been anything... Well, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Come and you, too, Clark. You just get set for the shock of your young life. Yes, Lois Lane is right. Editor Perry White and Clark Kent are in for the shock of their lives. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. An editor Perry White's office in the Metropolis Daily Planet, Lois Lane has just warned the gray-haired editor and Clark Kent to prepare for the shock of their lives when they hear the scoop story she is about to unfold. Look here, Lois. What is this world-shaking scoop you're talking about? Hmm, just wait until you hear it. Well, come on, come on. What is it? What is it? Let's have it. Sure. Not so fast, Chief. Don't rush me. After all, it is a bit of a shock to find out that one of your best friends, one whom you've known and worked with side by side for years, has been leading a double life. Uh, what's that? Who's been leading a double life? Oh, Clark knows. I do? Uh, what, are you, what are you talking about, Lois? It's no use, Clark. I know everything. But, uh, no, 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 listen. You know I, everything I... about what? Will you please make sense? What in thunder is this all about? It's very simple, Chief. It's so simple that we never even guessed it, even though it's been under our noses all this time. What's been under our noses? For the love of heaven, will you stop beating around the bush and get to the point? All right, I will. But just get ready for a shot. No, wait. Wait, Lois, don't... You see, uh, Chief, Clark Kent is Superman. Triumphantly, Lois Lane points her finger at Clark Kent. His face slowly drains of color while Perry White's mouth gapes open. As we know, Lois is right. Kent is Superman. But how did Lois find out, and can she prove it? Richard Haller, who came closer than anyone else in the world to revealing Superman's double identity, is dead. But now Lois says she knows the secret. Will Superman's great secret really be revealed now? Don't miss tomorrow's tense episode when we begin another of Superman's exciting adventures. Be sure to tune in, same time, same station, for a new and thrilling story on The Adventures of Superman. Remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. 
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time by Kellogg's Pep, a super cereal. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! With an exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Today, eat Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. <laughs> Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. <laughs> Today, Superman, as Clark Kent, is on the receiving end of a bombshell hurled at him by girl reporter Lois Lane. It's pretty shocking to find out that one of your best friends, one whom you worked with side by side for years, has been leading a double life. What's that? Who's been leading a double life, Lois? Clark has, Chief. I have? What are you talking about? Just this, Chief, and you'd better hang on to your chair. I know now that Clark Kent is Superman. Going, going, this gyrocket offer. All good things have to end sometime. And today is the end of your terrific gyrocket offer off the air. But it's not too late yet. You can still get your gyrocket from Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal, if you act right away. Correct. You have the rest of today to send for your gyrocket, the sensational rocket model. Yes, a zipping, zooming, flashing gyrocket, almost half a foot long, that streaks from your hand high to the sky. This gyrocket is every inch businesslike. The long, sleek body is shaped like a slender bomb, a brilliant blue or yellow or red, streamlined to cut down air resistance. And the level propeller at the stern of the rocket packs it with power. Right. And launching's a cinch. Because you get a metal launching rod and a wooden rocket launcher. With a flick of your wrist, you can zoom the gyrocket into the air up over the treetop. Now remember, this is the very last day we're offering this terrific gyrocket over the air. So don't say we didn't warn you. To get your gyrocket, send 15 cents and a Kellogg's Pep box top to Superman. Box 124, New York Gate, New York. Do it now, or you'll miss out on the fun and excitement. Remember, you can't buy this gyrocket anywhere. The only way to get it is to send a box top from Kellogg's Pep, a super cereal, plus a dime and a nickel, and your name and address clearly printed to Superman. Box 124, New York 8, New York. This offer is limited to the United States. And now, the adventures of Superman. <laughs> 
After recovering the model of the lost rocket from the deceased red-bearded traitor Richard Haller, Superman finds that now his troubles are only beginning. For when he returns to the Metropolis Daily Planet in his guise of Clark Kent, mild-mannered and bespectacled reporter, Lois Lane struck him and editor Perry White speechless by saying... Clark Kent is Superman! Now, steadying himself against his desk, Kent forces a sickly smile to his lips. And Editor White stands by open-mouthed as Lois, pointing her finger dramatically at Kent, hammers home her charge. You are Superman. Yes, you, Clark Kent. You're Superman. I... <laughs> I, I am? You bet you are. Why, well, I should have guessed it long ago. I don't see how I didn't. It was right under my nose all the time. What kind of rubbish is this, Lois? It's true, Chief, and he knows it. Just look at his face. Did you ever see a guiltier expression? Guilty? Well, why should he look guilty? Well, kind of took the wind out of you, didn't I, Clark? Oh, now, look. I dare you to deny it. Oh, stop this nonsense, Lois. We've got a paper to get out. Yes, you're right, Chief. I have to polish up my story. Oh, no, you don't, Clark. You stay right where you are. No, Chief, stop this kidding around. I'm not kidding. I tell you, Chief, I can prove what I said. Ridiculous. Oh, I can't wait. Wait, Chief. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Lois really seems to be serious. I think I'd like to hear what she has to say. I thought you were. Caesar's ghost. Do you two realize we go to press in an hour? What I have to tell you about Clark Chief is worth holding the presses for. Really? Well, it's not every day I receive an honor like this. Go ahead, Lois. All right. Now, a few nights ago, Haller and his gang trapped you and me in the rocket pit under his barn. Right? You admit that, don't you? Well, of course. And you admit that when they were coming down into the pit after us, a huge fire broke out, uh-huh. and we were caught right in the middle of it. Why, well, yes, yes. Fire. Oh, yes, uh, when the original Superman rocket burned up. But you didn't say in your story that you and Lois were caught in it, Kent. Oh, well, as long as we got away, I didn't think it was particularly important. You I... didn't think it was important? No. What I... kind of a newspaper reporter are you? Well, and I, how I, in tarnation I... did you get out of that alive? I'll tell you how, Chief. Clark became Superman and saved us. Kent became Superman? That's right. You, did... uh, you, you saw me become Superman, Lois? Well, uh... No, not, not exactly. Well, then why do you say that well, because I... you made me put your coat over my head, you remember, to protect me from the smoke. Yes, but that was... I guess just... I passed out for a few minutes, but when I came to, I was in a doctor's house several miles away, and the doctor told me that Superman had brought me there. Well, so what? Yeah, that's what I want to know. How does that prove that Kent is Superman? Well, don't you see, Chief? One moment I was trapped in the middle of a roaring fire. Only Clark was there with me. And one moment later, I was several miles away in the doctor's house. So... Clark must be Superman. Yeah, and I'm the king of England. Oh, Chief. Now, look, you said you passed out for a few minutes, didn't you? Yes, of course. Well, then Superman showed up, grabbed you and Ken out of the fire, and took you to the doctors. That right, Kent? Mm Mm-hmm, that's about it. But, but he wasn't there a second before. He was never there a second before. But I don't... He pops up like, like that. Uh, (laughs) And disappears the same way. (laughs) You know that. Sure. (laughs) Kent, Superman. (laughs) I'm surprised if you know. Now, wait a minute, Chief. I know that this guy... Wait, wait till I tell Inspector Henderson about this. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was unmasked at last. Well, tell me this, then. Why should Superman suddenly turn up there, of all the places in the whole world, just in time to save my life? Why? Uh, Well, now, wait a minute, Lois. Look, I'll I'll tell you. (laughs) Haller had the Superman rocket, the most destructive weapon in the world, right? He was planning to sell it to foreign agents. Well, doesn't it seem reasonable that Superman would be on Haller's trail? Well, uh, well, well, yes, but I'm... No, but nothing. You had a brainstorm, Lois. <laughs> and what a brainstorm. Uh, come on, now, come on. Now, recess is over. Come into my office. I've got a big job for you two. Okay. Uh, shall we walk, Miss Lane, or would you like me to fly you across the city? Oh. <laughs> I'll give her a break, Kent. Don't rub it in. Okay. I'm still not so sure that I was wrong. Just between us, Lois, you weren't. <laughs> oh, that's rich. <laughs> All right. But maybe one of these oh, days stop I'll it, be... Oh, I'm weak from laughing. <laughs> well, here we are. Okay, go ahead and be a wise guy, but don't say I didn't 
warn you. What's that, Beanie? Warn whom about what? Uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, I just... Uh-oh. What's going on here, Beanie? Oh, nothing, Mr. White, nothing. Nothing? Well, what's the idea of closing the door in my face? Uh, I, I'm sorry, Mr. White. I, I gotta do something right away. What goes on here? Well, we'll soon find out. You come into my office. It's gonna be something. Yeah, that Beanie's done something, idiot. <laughs> what's that? Jimmy! Olson, get your feet off my desk. Easy, Chief, easy. What's the meaning of this? This is, this is impertinent. Come in, Perry, old boy. Come oh, in. Lord. Perry. You're just the man I want to see. Uh, you too, Clark. Uh, Clark? Well, uh, I'll be... And Lois? Oh, all the, the unmitigated, inconceivable, bold, uh, brassy... Uh, chairs and rally round. There's big business on tap. Yes, sir, big business. Now, look here, Olson. I'll give you just one second to take your feet off my desk and get out of my chair. Oh, now, Perry. Jimmy, what's the matter with you? Come on, Jim. This is no longer funny. Funny? Oh, yes, it's very funny. You see, now I'm the... Olsen, if you don't move out of there right now, I'll... I'll... Keep the cat. Now, take it easy, Perry. Calm down. You don't seem to realize who you're talking to. Wait, you, you, you insolent little... Hold it. Hold it. Take it easy. Now, look, Jim, the gag's gone far enough. Now, wise up before you get into serious trouble. Oh, you'd better wise up, Clark. I don't like your tone. You, what? Clark, there must be something wrong with the boy. Okay. I'm going to throw that... Now, look, that pips. We got all no, wait. Kent, if you don't take your hands off please, me, please, relax, please, will you? I'll admit Jim has let his sense of humor run away with him, but that's no reason. Sense of humor? I'll teach him about humor. Now, Stop it, both of you. Stop it at once, do you hear? What kind of a disgraceful exhibition is this to put on? And in the office of your new publisher. Publisher? Why, I ought to fire the three of you. What? New publisher? Why, he... he's crazy. There must be something wrong with him. Listen, Jim. No, I... you listen to me. All of you. I'm in the saddle now. Me, James Olson. And from now on, when I crack the whip, you jump. Their eyes wide, Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Editor Perry White stare incredulously at Jimmy Olsen, thin, freckle-faced cub reporter, who has risen somewhat unsteadily to his feet and glares back at them, his eyes strangely burning. What does this mean? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. In Editor Perry White's office in the Daily Planet, young Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter, has just astounded White, Clark Kent, and Lois Lane by announcing that he was their new publisher. You are a little surprised, aren't you? You never thought I'd be your boss, did you, Perry? My boss? Well, uh, I must be... I know I am. Now, look here, Jim. This has gone far enough, so suppose now, uh, you... Now, wanna... I always liked you, Clark, so I'm going to give you a break. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm making you managing editor and putting Perry back on the police beat. What? For the... Uh, as for you, Lois... For heaven's sake, stop it. Stop this before I go mad. I don't know why I'm even listening to you, but... But just tell me what you mean by all this. Well, I'd be glad to. Now, suppose you all sit down and... And I... What the... Jimmy, what's the matter? Aren't you well, Jim? He's fallen. Ask him, somebody. I've got him. He's fainted, Jim. Quick, get some water. Get some water, somebody. What is it, Clark? Uh-oh. Look at this lump on the back of his head. Good heavens. Izzy. Izzy. He's hardly breathing. I'm afraid he's... This is serious. Very serious. Jimmy Olsen, close as a brother to Clark Kent and Lois Lane, loved by gruff editor White, is in a very serious condition. Forgotten is the angry reaction to the boy's strange talk. Now his friends feel grave concern for Jimmy's life. Why? What has happened to the young cub reporter? And what will happen to him? We'll know more Monday, gang, when we begin a brand new Superman adventure. One you won't want to miss. So be sure to tune in again Monday, same time, same station, for Chapter 2 of The Ruler of Darkness. 
in The Adventures of Superman. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's... For excitement, The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Today, he Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman, in the guise of Clark Kent, leaps forward to catch cub reporter Jimmy Olsen, who collapsed suddenly while talking to editor Perry White and Lois Lane. Good heavens, Jimmy! Well, what happened? He fainted. Get some water, somebody. Hurry! I'll get it. Oh, great, Scotty. He's hardly breathing. What's the matter with him, Clark? I don't know, Lois. But I'm afraid it's very serious. Say, even before we've mentioned them, bet you're already collecting those swell photos of screen and sports stars from packages of Kellogg's Pep. Sure, now you get a wonderful photo as a prize inside every package of Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Imagine a whole collection of 24 candid camera-sized photos. Super photos of famous stars like Tina Andrews of Sam Goldwyn Pictures. And Peggy Ann Garner, that swell little actress in 20th Century Fox movies. And Adolf Kiefer, the backstroke swimming champ. All in this terrific series. And get this. Each photo is brilliantly clear, printed on real, glossy photographer's paper. A photo you might have snapped yourself if you knew these stars personally. Now, in a day or two, we'll show you a super swap game to help you complete your collection of 24 different photos. A game that's excitement plus. Remember, you can't buy these photos. You don't send in a single penny or box top. Just collect your photo prize from every package of those crisp, toasty flicks of good whole wheat. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super, as in Superman. And now, the adventures of Superman. When Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and editor Perry White found young Jimmy Olsen, freckle-faced cub reporter, sitting in White's office with his feet on the desk, they thought he was clowning. But to their amazement, Jimmy, usually so polite and respectful, greeted them jauntily by their first names, and then began talking very strangely. As they listened with mouths agape, Jimmy rambled on about having just bought the Daily Planet and announced that he was making Kent managing editor and reducing White to a humble police beat. Then suddenly he broke off, staggered, and fell into Kent's arms, unconscious. Beanie! Beanie, Miss Blackrack! Somebody! Get some water! Hurry! Now as White rushes from the office calling for water, Kent snaps a command to Lois. Phone Jim's mother, Lois. Tell her to come to the Metropolis Hospital. Fast! All right, Clark. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, hadn't we better call a doctor first? Uh, I'll take care of that. Run outside and tell Miss Backrack to get Mrs. Olsen on the phone for you. Hurry. Okay, I will. All right. Good. Uh, shut the door after you, Lois. We don't want a crowd in here. Right, Clark. Now, 
out of these clothes fast. This is a job for Superman. Oh, poor Jim. If only I'm not too late. Here we are, all set. Up with him now. Raise this window. Up and away! Leaping out through a window of Perry White's office with the limp form of Jimmy Nixon cradled in his arms, Superman streaks away through the skies to the Metropolis Hospital, his brilliant red cape screaming in the wind. A short time later, once more in his guise of Clark Kent, he is pacing a corridor on the third floor of the hospital when Perry White and Lois Lane arrive breathlessly in response to his telephone call. There he is. There he is. Uh, what happened, Kent? What happened? Not so uh, loud. Not so loud. You're in a hospital. I know, I know, but... Uh, but. How did you get here, Clark? We were only out of the office a minute. I'll, and you I'll were... explain later, Lois. Right now, I, I'm worried about Jim. Well, where is he? In the operating room. Huh? Operating room? Yes, he... Uh, well, you, you might as well know it. He's in pretty bad shape. Well, what, 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 what is it? What's the matter with him? He has a fractured skull. Oh, a fractured oh, skull? That's why he was talking so strangely before he collapsed. Yes, yes, of course. He didn't know what he was saying. But... But how did it happen? I don't know, Lois. He was still unconscious when I got him here, so I couldn't ask him. Poor kid. He must have been in an accident. I don't think so, Chief. Why, he must have been, Clark. It's impossible, Lois. You see, there's a huge lump directly on top of his head. What does that prove? Well, when you're hit by a car, you don't usually land on the very top of your head. Yes, that's true. Besides, there would undoubtedly be other cuts or bruises on him, and, and his clothes would be torn or soiled anyway. Well, you're right about that. Yes, but then what do you think did happen to him? Well, I'm only guessing, Lois. But I think he was slugged. So, well, now, as I say, I'm only guessing. You'll have to wait until Jim can tell us. If he'll be able to tell us. If? Oh, Chief. You don't think Jimmy might... No, Lois, Lois, it, it sounds bad. <laughs> Doctors say he has a 50-50 chance. Not much better. I just... I can't believe it. Oh, his mother ought to be here. Why didn't somebody call her? I tried to, Chief, but nobody answered the phone. I told Miss Backrack to keep calling until she got it good, out. Good, good. Uh, now, look, who's operating on Jim? Dr. Springer. Ah, good man. How long has Jim been in there? About an hour. Mm, that's a long time. Oh, dear. Oh, if anything happens to Jim... Steady, Lois, steady. Oh, here comes Dr. Springer. Doctor, how is Jim? Did he pull through? Is he all right, Doctor? But frankly, the boy's in a very serious condition. Oh, good heavens. Oh, we'll do something for him. Uh, call specialist, specialist, uh, whatever you need. Easy, Chief, easy. We're doing everything we can. He's anemic now, and he needs a blood transfusion at once. However, we're having difficulty finding a donor. Well, what's so difficult about that? He can have my blood. And mine. It's quite that simple, my friends. Now, tell me, do you happen to know what type of blood you have? Well, yes, I do. I gave blood to the Red Cross during the war. I'm type O. I'm type A. Oh, neither of you will do. Resulson has ABRH negative. Extremely rare type. I've already tried owners from Group O and AB. They're incompatible. We need the exact type, unless we find it and very soon. What about the Red Cross? Have you tried them? Yes, Mr. Kent. They're checking their lists. We must face the fact that BRH negative is very rare. Very few people have it. Yes, I know. Wait a minute. How about putting an ad in the paper? That's a good idea, Lois. The Daily Planet goes to press it. Well, let's see. Yeah, in 50 minutes. I'll put a box on page one. I'll offer $10,000 to anyone who has that type. No, no, we can't wait that long, Mr. White. Unless we do a transfusion in the next 20 minutes. 30 at the outside. What? Well, Olson. Oh, Chief, we just got to do something. Oh, 20 minutes. That, that doesn't even give us time to enough to, to make a radio appeal. Hardly. No, I'm afraid. Now, look, it... Dr. Springer, phone the Red Cross again and ask not to limit their search to Metropolis. Tell them if there's anyone on their lists with Jim's type of blood, no matter where that person is, I'll see that he's brought here in time. Oh, Clark. What are you talking about? Now, Ken? please, Doctor, do as I say. Hurry. Oh, stop that nonsense, Ken. Stop, stop it, stop it. This is no time. It isn't but... nonsense, Chief. I mean it. Yes, what is it, nurse? The Red Cross just phoned, sir. Yes, yes, what are they saying? They know of a man with ADRH oh, negative, but... Oh, no. Did you call him? Uh, yes, sir, I, I called the number the Red Cross gave me. Huh? It was 
Stanhope Apartments. But the clerk there said the party moved to California about six months ago. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, just a minute. Did you get the person's name and address in California, nurse? Well, yes, but it's oh, not enough time to... What's Chief. the difference? There's no possible way to get the man across the continent in 20 minutes. No, of course look, not. Look, leave that to me. Nurse, what's the name and address? Well, forget it, Kent. We haven't enough time. Hey, here it is. Yes. Mr. George Jacoby, right. 212 Lemon Grove Avenue, Pasadena, California. George Jacoby, 212 Lemon Grove, Pasadena. Oh, Thanks. Uh, where are you going, Kent? To get Mr. Jacoby. Good heavens. Now, he's gone, but... I'll see you there. Now, where can I change? Oh, there's nobody in that room. None of these clothes. This is definitely a job for Superman. Now, if all goes well, I'll have Mr. Jacoby back here in time to save Jim's life. There we are. All set. Let's raise this window. And away! Rocketing out of the hospital, Superman streaks westward through the skies like a red and blue thunderbolt. Bound for California and a shocking surprise. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Zooming across the continent from Metropolis, Superman has dropped to Earth before a pretty bungalow in Pasadena, California. A tall, broad-shouldered figure in blue costume and red cape, he strides to the front door and presses the button. Yes? How do you do? Good heavens, who are you? Don't be alarmed, madam. I'm Superman. Superman? That's right. This, uh, this is Mr. Jacoby's residence, isn't it? Why, yes. I'm Mrs. Jacoby. You used to live in Metropolis at the Stanhope Apartments? Yes, that's right. But uh, I must whatever... see your husband at once, Mrs. Jacoby. Where can I find him? Why, I, I don't know why I should Please tell you. Please tell me, Mrs. Jacoby. A boy's life depends on my locating your husband. A boy's life? Yes. I, I'm sorry I haven't time to explain now, but take my word for it. A boy's life is in danger, and only your husband can save him. Now, where can I find you? You must have made a mistake. Uh, my husband isn't a doctor. Oh, I know, Mr. Jacoby, I know. But would, would you please tell me where he is? Every second counts. Well, I, I don't know where he is. You don't know? No, I don't. George called up at lunchtime and said an important customer was in town. And he was going out with him for the entire afternoon. Yes. And might even be late for dinner. Well, didn't he say where he was going? No, he didn't. Great Scott, I... I... Well, what'll I do now? <laughs> Yes, Superman, what can even you do now? 3,000 miles away in Metropolis, Jimmy Olsen lies in the hospital bed, his life ebbing away. With only 15 minutes left, can you find the one man who can save him and transport him across the continent in time? What will Superman do? What can he do? We know Superman will not stand by idly while there is even one chance in a million to save his young friend. So for a thrill a minute, be sure to follow the man in tomorrow's exciting episode. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 3 of Ruler of Darkness on The Adventures of Superman. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Stir than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap all buildings at a single bound. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Today, he's Kellogg's Pep, the super serial. Super and...
Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, in a desperate attempt to save young Jimmy Olsen's life, Superman streaks to California in search of a man named George Jacoby who has the same rare type blood as Jimmy. A boy's life depends on my finding your husband in the next 15 minutes, Mrs. Jacoby. Please tell me where he is. I, I don't know where my husband is, Superman. You don't? No. You see, George called up at lunchtime and said an important customer was in town. Yes? He was going out with him for the afternoon and said he might be late for dinner. But didn't he say where he was going? No, no, he didn't. Great Scott, I... I... What'll I do now? Say, suppose you're walking along, and suddenly right in front of you, you spot Dana Andrews, the Sam Goldman movie star. What a thrill if you snap his picture. Talk about luck. Sure, but you can still be lucky. You can get a photo of Dana Andrews as a prize. He's in the terrific Pep photo series of 24 screen and sports stars. You can have one in every package of Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Just think, a photo of your favorite star, like beautiful Hedy Lamar of United Artists. Or George McAfee, great hatback of the Chicago Bears. And every photo is brilliantly clear. Candid camera size for convenience. Not only swallow collect, but carrying Pep Super photos with you, you're always ready to play the exciting new swap game that's spreading like wildfire. The game called Photo Swap. Right. Listen tomorrow. We'll show you how photo swaps play. All with photos from packages of Pep. Those crunchy flakes are good whole wheat. Correct. For an all-round prize dish at breakfast every morning, eat Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super, as in Superman. And now, the adventures of Superman. Following an operation for a fractured skull, which he suffered in some mysterious manner, cub reporter Jimmy Olsen required an immediate blood transfusion. However, his blood was of an extremely rare type, and the only other person with the same type known to the Metropolis Red Cross was a man named George Jacoby, who had recently moved to California. With less than 20 minutes remaining in which to save Jimmy's life, Clark Kent secretly resumed his true identity of Superman and streaked across the continent to Pasadena, California, the home of George Jacoby. But to Superman's dismay, Mrs. Jacoby said that she had no idea where her husband could be found at that moment. Think, Mrs. Jacoby. Didn't your husband mention something that might give us a clue to where he is? No, no, he didn't. A restaurant, a club, or some firm he does business with. No, he didn't, Superman. He just said he was going out for the afternoon with his customer and he might be late coming home for dinner. Oh, I've got to find him, Mrs. Jacoby. I must. Now, look, perhaps someone in his office will know where he went. Where does he work? George is sales manager for the Thompson Shoe Company on 4th and Spring Street in Los Angeles. Thompson Shoe Company, 4th and Spring. Fine. And his secretary's name is Miss Timmy. Thanks, Mrs. Jacoby. Oh, uh, by the way, is that your husband's picture on the piano? Yes. Why? Well, I just want to know him if I should see him. Goodbye, Mrs. Jacoby. Uh, goodbye. Now to see Jacoby's secretary. Up and away! <laughs> Try to remember, Miss Timmy. Are you sure Mr. Jacoby didn't say where he was going with his customer? No, sir. He just said he wouldn't be back today. I see. You say they left here about lunchtime? That's right, Superman. They went out to play golf. Oh? Where does Mr. Jacoby usually play? You should know that. Well, yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, usually he goes to the club. Which club? Well, he belongs to the Pine Hill Club in Westwood. Fine. I'll have a look there. Uh, wait. He sometimes plays Mr. Thompson's club. He's the president of the 
company. So where's that? Uh, the St. Andrews and St. Clair. Okay, thanks again. I'll try them both. Uh, just a minute. Yes? Uh, he also plays at Long Beach sometimes. He likes the course there. Oh, Any place else? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Oh, thank goodness. So long. Well, Jacoby isn't on the Pine Hill course or in the clubhouse either. That leaves Bel Air and Long Beach, and only ten minutes in which to find him and get him back to Metropolis. Away! As Superman continues his desperate search for George Jacoby, Dr. Springer emerges from Jimmy Olsen's hospital room in Metropolis, 3,000 miles away. Editor Perry White walks forward anxiously to meet him. Oh, Doctor. Doctor, how is the boy? He's sinking, Mr. White. Sinking fast. Oh, no, no. Oh, doctor, doctor, do something. For heaven's sake, do something. As we find a blood donor in the next few minutes, there's nothing we can do. Oh, great Caesar, there ought to be at least one person in the city of Metropolis with the same blood type as Jim's, no matter how rare it is. There are millions of people in this town. Well, the Red Cross found only one. Yes, and he's in California. And what good does that do? None at all. Incidentally, what did Clark Kent mean when he said he had some sort of an idea for getting that fellow here from the coast? No, Kent didn't know what he was talking about. He's all broken. He... Well... Well, you see, Doctor, all of us are very fond of Jim. Of course. Say, what about Miss Lane's idea to make an appeal from your radio station for someone with Olsen's type blood? Well, she's at the studio broadcasting an appeal with Jim's mother right now. By the time she hears from anybody, if she does, and that person gets to the hospital... I'm afraid it'll be too late, Mr. White. We've only got five or ten minutes at most. Ten minutes? Oh, Doctor, Doctor, isn't there anything else you can do to save that boy? Anything? Not a thing. Unless I can give Olsen an immediate blood transfusion, there's nothing mortal man can do for him. Absolutely nothing. Meanwhile, on a golf course in Long Beach, California, two men in sweaters and slacks are approaching the tee-off for the 12th hole. Well, that par in the last hole puts you two up, Wilson. Looks like you're too good for me. <laughs> <laughs> Want to concede the match, Jacoby? No, sir, not a chance. I'll go down fire. Ah, that's the spirit. Okay, go on, shoot. Right. Hey, listen to that wind. It came up awful suddenly. I think we're in Holy the Holy look at this. Excuse me, gentlemen. What? Sorry to break up your game. Well, who are you? Superman. 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 Right. Uh, your name is George Jacoby, isn't it? Uh, that's right. Now, uh, listen. A boy in Metropolis will die unless he receives a blood transfusion at once. Only you can save him, Mr. Jacoby. I can. Yes. According to Red Cross records, you have the same rare type blood he has. Are you willing to go back to Metropolis with me? Why, yes, of course. Wonderful. I knew you wouldn't refuse. But you said he needs a transfusion at once. A plane will take hours. I travel much faster than a plane, as you'll see. Come on. Up with you. There. Now, if only we're not too late. Up and away! Leaving Dr. Wilson standing open now down the golf course, Superman leaps high into the air with George Jacoby in his arms and streaks away to the east to Metropolis and Jimmy Olsen. Will the Man of Steel arrive in time to save Jimmy's life? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Arriving at the Metropolis Hospital with George Jacoby, Superman disappeared, only to join Perry White a few minutes later in his guise of the mild-mannered, bespectacled Clark Kent. Together, they paced the floor tensely while Jimmy was given a blood transfusion. Then, with Lois Lane and Jimmy's mother, they waited through the long, anxious hours of the night. Now, as the gray dawn breaks over Metropolis, Lois has taken the fatigued Mrs. Olsen into a lounge. Editor White and Kent are alone, outside of Jimmy's room, when the door opens, and Dr. Springer, his face drawn from lack of sleep, joins them. Well, Doctor? Is he? Is he? Olsen's approaching the crisis now. I can't be sure, of course, but... I think he'll pass it safely. Oh, that's oh, fine. Wonderful, wonderful. I'll tell his mother and Lois. Uh, they're in the lounge. Oh, wait. 
If they're resting, I wouldn't disturb them until the crisis is over, Mr. White. As I say, I can't be sure Olson will come through. Under the circumstances, Chief, maybe it's best not to. All right. All right, I'll wait. Olson's been calling for you, Kent. He has? You mean he's conscious? It's just partly. He seems to have something on his mind. He keeps calling for you. Might help him come out of the coma if he hears your voice. Oh, well, I'll go in and talk to him. Oh, may I come along, Doctor? Yes, but be very quiet, please. I will, yes. Right this way. Just let him talk, Kent. Don't say much. Okay. Mr. Kent. Mr. Kent. Yes, Jim. I'm right here. God. God. God to stop him, Mr. Kent. What's that? Quiet, Chief. God stop him. Before it... It's too late. Stop whom, Jim? Stop him, Mr. Kent. Help me. Yes, Jim. Please help me. What's the poor kid talking about? I don't know, Chief. I think he's trying to tell us about what happened to him. Mr. Kent. Yes, Jim. Please help me. Before it's too late. Of course I'll help you, Jim. Just tell me. Jim. He's lost consciousness again. Is he... Will he be all right? I can't tell no change yet. Oh, I wonder what the poor kid was trying to tell me. Probably nothing. He was delirious. No. No, Chief, I think he wanted to tell me something important. He wanted me to help him. Help him to stop somebody. But who? Why? That'll have to wait. We must leave now, both of you. What? This is the crisis. Well, come on, Kent. When will we know about him, Doctor? Very soon. I'll call you as soon as the crisis is over. Thanks. Good luck, Jim. <laughs> Clark Kent and Barry White leave Jimmy Olsen's room. Will the boy reporter pass safely through his crisis? And what was he trying to tell Kent? Tomorrow's episode is tense and exciting, fellows and girls, so be sure to listen. Then, same time, same station, for Chapter 4 of Ruler of Darkness on The Adventures of Superman. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyright feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time by Kellogg's Pep, the Super Serial. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet!
more powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Today, eat Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman and his guise of reporter Clark Kent burst into a hospital waiting room with good news for editor Perry White, who is nearly frantic with worry over the condition of Jimmy Olsen. Listen. He's all right, Chief. Jimmy's all right. He passed the crisis. Oh, wonderful, Kent. Wonderful. Can we see the boy now? No, Chief. Not yet. Maybe, maybe later today. Oh, fine. Fine. I want to hear him tell exactly what happened to him. And if he was slugged, as you think... I'm sure he was. Then I promise you, Kent, that whoever did that to Jim will pay for it. If I have to move heaven and earth to find him. Hey, suppose you're at a swimming meet. You see the great Adolf Kiefer bust another backstroke record. Then right in front of you, he comes out of the pool grinning, and you snap his picture. Well, but you can get that very same photo of Adolf Kiefer as a prize. He's among 24 famous screen and sports stars whose photos you get, one in every package of Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Right. Great stars like lovely Virginia Mayo, starred in Sam Goldwyn movies, or Charlie Trippy, all-American half-track. Each photo's candid camera size, brilliantly clear, printed on real glossy photographer's paper. And the swell game of photo swap helps you complete your collection of all 24 different photos in this great series. You see, you use your duplicate photos to play photo swap. And in the swap, you may get the very photos you need for your collection. Correct. Later in the program, we'll show you how to play photo swap with duplicate photos from packages of Pep, those swell-tasting flakes of good whole wheat. Tops in the taste department. That's Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. <laughs> The Adventures of Superman. Following an operation for a fractured skull, which he suffered in an unexplained manner, Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet, required an immediate blood transfusion. But his blood was of an extremely rare type. And with only minutes remaining, Clark Kent and his true identity of Superman streaked to California, where lived a man known to have a similar type of blood. Superman brought him back to Metropolis. And following a transfusion, Jimmy began to recover. Late the following day, Clark Kent and Editor Perry White were permitted to visit their young friend. We join them now at Jimmy's bedside in the hospital. Listen. The doctor said we can stay for only a few minutes, Jim. So, well, suppose you start at the beginning and tell us quickly what happened. How you were hurt, everything. Okay, Mr. Kent. I'll do my best. All right, now, Jim. Now, just take it slow and easy. Right. Well, it all began because I got so interested in the coming elections. The elections? Well, what's that got Let him go on, Chief. Yeah. You see, Beanie told me his brother Joe is getting into politics, and he's making speeches against the hickey machine's control of the city. Joe Martin? Uh-huh. Joe's a real swell guy and a decorated veteran and all that. So I wanted to see if there was something I could do to help him. Good boy. Well, that's fine. But how did you get that get you a cracked skull? Well, I'm coming to that, Chief. I found out that Joe was making a speech at Lincoln Square to be at noon. So in my lunch hour, I went over there to, well, to sort of give him a hand. There's always lots of people in the square at noon, you know. So Joe had a pretty big crowd. And what he was saying... 
Whatever happened to that post-war world we were led to expect? Yeah. What happened to the things we were told we'd find waiting for us when we came back? The war's over. We've been back home for two years, and most of us don't even have homes to live in. And why? I'll tell you why. Because those things were all campaign promises made by Mike Hickey and his machine to ensure their re-election. And now that they think they're in solid in City Hall, there's only one thing we can do about it. Vote them out in their next election. Billy started something there with that speech. He had most of the crowd with him, but then some hecklers got to work on him. They called him un-American. They did? Uh-huh. Said he was trying to start a revolution and stuff like that. Well, how do you like that? Oh, relax, Chief. That's typical of crooked politicians. They always try to cover their own sins by smearing the opposition and calling them all kinds of names. But, but Martin's a veteran, a war hero. Oh, but that cuts no ice with people like Hickey and his crowd. Joe's in their way. They can't find anything else to smear him with, so they call him un-American. That usually manages to arise out of an unthinking mob. Oh, but it's so unfair. Of course it is. Go on, Jim. What happened then? I suppose you uh, leaped to Joe's defense, eh? Sure. I know Joe. I know he's a darn good American. Sure. I couldn't just stand there and listen while guys heckled him, could I? Certainly not. You ought to know better than to get into a fight with grown men. Probably paid goons at that. I guess so, but I was mad. Climbed up on a bench and yelled that Joe was right about Hickey. And that Joe was an honest citizen. And then... Somebody came up and slugged you? Uh Uh-huh. I saw him coming, a big six-footer with a blackjack. Before I could duck, he let me have it. That's all I can remember. Yeah, he was probably one of Mike Hickey's goon squad. Well, the elections are coming up. Hickey's probably ordered his goons to take their gloves off. He must feel powerful enough to get away with anything, even breaking heads. No, he does, does he? Why, why that's Hitler stuff. That's what all Democrats do, Jim, when the people are too lazy and too careless to make sure that only trustworthy men are elected to public office. Most of us make the mistake of leaving things to the professional politicians. Then we usually wake up to discover we've been taken over, lock, stock, and barrel, by crooked party bosses like Mike Hickey. And we also find it's a long, hard job to get rid of them. Well, it's going to be done this time, Kent. Once and for all. I'd like to see that, Chief. Mike Hickey has built the strongest political machine Metropolis ever saw. No, but I can break it. And I'm going to. How? Well, I'll tell you at the office. So long, Jim. I'm sorry you had to have your skull fractured to pick us up. Well, if something good comes of it, it'll be worth it, Chief. a boy, Jim. Come on, Ken, come on. We're going to start digging Hickey's political grave right now. Perry White seems to mean business, but Clark Kent warns the strong-minded editor that he is courting trouble and danger. And now, back to the adventures of Superman! Our scene is a large room, equipped as a combination office and living room above a tavern in the teeming tenement district of Metropolis. In the very center of the room is a barber's chair, and seated in it now is a heavy-set man a little below average height. This is Mike Hickey, powerful political boss of Metropolis. A barber stands behind him, trimming his thick, graying hair. A bootblack is busy shining his shoes. A girl manicurist sits beside Hickey at work on the nails of one of his soft, square hands, the middle finger of which wears a jeweled ring. In his other hand, he holds an extension telephone into which he speaks, oblivious to the people about him, to the men who come and go constantly through a door at the far end of the room, to another phone which rings almost incessantly. Cigar smoke like a dense gray fog hangs over the whole room. Who's going to make a speech against me? The president of Metropolis University? Tonight, eh? We'll let him talk. Public don't listen to eyebrows. They use too many long words. <laughs> no, don't bother with him, man. So long. Hey, take a punch. 
Boy, will you punch him? Okay, boss. Oh, Lou's waiting on the other extension. You want to talk to him? Yeah, I'll give it to him. Coming up, boss. Hello, Lou. What's in your mind? Well, Joe Martin's popping off in another meeting, huh? Well, if he gets a big crowd, bust it up like he did the other day. If there ain't much of a crowd, let the dope talk. Huh? Well, so what if he is a war hero? He hasn't got any organization behind him to get out the voters on primary day. And like I always say, as long as the suckers are too lazy to vote in the primaries when they got to say about who gets nominated, we've got nothing to worry about. So long, Lou. Take it away, Punchy. Okay, boys. <laughs> you know all the answers, boys. Well, it's simple, Punchy. If sucker public stays away from the polls on primary day, and we nominate our boys without any trouble. So, on election day, the voters can only vote for who we or the other party puts up, right? Right, right. boys. And because we got the strongest machine, our guys always get selected. Right? <laughs> hey, hey, don't be careful how you're cutting over my ears. Don't, uh, don't take off too much hair. Huh? Okay, hey, Mr. Punchy. Heachy. Harry McIntyre of Extension 1. Oh, Harry McIntyre, boys. You want to talk to him? Okay. Alan Gibbs, Harry. Daily Planet? No, I didn't. What about it? Oh, page one blast, huh? What? Back at Joe Martin for mayor? <laughs> That's a joke. Without an organization? Now, wait a minute. They can't beat us, but they might make trouble. Get the people stirred up and open the way for a reform movement next year. Maybe we'd better nip this in the bud right now. Yeah. Maybe we'd better nip Mr. Joe Martin and the Daily Planet both in the bud, but good. Uh-huh. Tell you what, Harry. Nick and his boys can come up here right away. We're going to do a little job. A couple of little jobs. Tonight... Handing the telephone to his henchman, Mike Hickey sits back thoughtfully in the barber's chair, his half-shut black eyes sharp and calculating and as empty of warmth as those of a jungle cat. What action is he planning against the Daily Planet and against Joe Martin? Fellows and girls, Clark Kent was right when he warned Perry White of danger, because there is great danger ahead for the gray-haired editor and for Joe Martin. So don't miss tomorrow's thrill-packed episode in our new story. Be sure to tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 5 of Ruler of Darkness on The Adventures of Superman. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time by Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. The Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. Fun surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate video box. What's with kids today, huh? 
Rouses! With crits starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, did You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. That's than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. <laughs> Today, eat Kellogg's Pep, the Super Cereal. Super, as in Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the Super Cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman's suspicions are proven right as Mike Hickey, political boss of Metropolis, Plans trouble for the Daily Planet and for Joe Martin, war hero brother of Beanie Martin, the Planet Copy Boy. Listen. Did you see the roasting the Daily Planet gave me today, Pete? Yeah, Mr. Hickey, I did. And I see they're banking that G.I. hero, Joe Martin, for mayor. <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> it's not so funny. The Planet's the most important newspaper in this state, and they're out for my hide. So we've got to nip this reform movement in the bud. Can grow up and nip us. You got any ideas, Mr. Hickey? Let me up. And the first thing is to crack down on the planet, but good. I'll show those wise guys who's boss in this town. Look, suppose you're good friends with the movie star George Sanders. You breeze flat into the United Artists studio and ask him to pose for a picture. He says, for you, sure. So you snap a photo anybody would envy. But here's an easier way you can get that photo. George Sanders is one of 24 famous screen and sports stars whose photos you can get as a prize. One in every package of Kellogg's Pep, Super Cereal. And there's Peggy Ann Garner of 20th Century Fox and Charlie Trippy, All-American Halfback. Just wait till you see these photos, sharp and clear. A handy, candid camera size. And to help complete your collection of all 24 photos, play the exciting new game of Photo Swap. We'll show you later how it's played. Correct. And keep on collecting your photos from every package of those crisp, catchy-tasting flakes of whole wheat, Kellogg's Pep. Talk of a delicious breakfast dish. Well, you won't talk. You'll be spooning up Pep faster and faster and faster. It's that good. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. <laughs> Now, the adventure of Superman. When strong-arm men hired by Mike Hickey, political boss of Metropolis, seriously injured cub reporter Jimmy Olsen at an opposition rally, Editor Perry White swore he would break Hickey's hold on the city in the approaching election. Disregarding Clark Kent's warning that it would be dangerous for the Daily Planet to take on the job alone, White announced he would back Joe Martin, war hero brother of copyboy Beanie Martin, for mayor. Now, the following morning, White and Joe Martin are at a conference in the gray-haired editor's office when Kent enters. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Mr. Kent. 
I just come from the hospital, Chief. Jim's getting along fine. Oh, good, good. And we're going to get along fine here, too. What do you mean? Well, what do you suppose I mean? We're getting our campaign to rid Metropolis of Mike Hickey and his rotten political machine underway. Well, that's fine, Chief. Well, you know, I... Kent, I've had at least 50 telephone calls congratulating me on my editorial in yesterday's planet. And you should see the mail. Say, that's well, but Chief, I... And Joe here, what... Oh, you tell him, Joe. Tell him about the phone calls and wires from XGIs who offer to help put over your campaign from air. Well, a lot of the boys are for me, of course, but I don't think we should put our hopes too high. At least I'm not. You're not? Well, what kind of talk is that? Are you ready to give up even before the fight's begun? Oh, no, Mr. White. I'll never give up my fight against Mike Hickey and others like him. I'm just being realistic, that's all. You see... What do you mean, realistic? Wait. Give him a chance. Go on, Joe. Well, I think it'll take more time than we've got to beat Hickey. Because in order to smash a political machine, you've got to put together a strong citizen's organization. Line up good speakers, run rallies, have a staff of workers in each ward, every block, who'll explain the issues to the voters. But it'll take until the next election to do that. Nothing doing, nothing doing. I'm not waiting until the next election. I'll be hanged if I'm going to sit idly by while the Hickey strong-armed mob runs this city for another ten-year moment. I want action now. This here. I'll hammer at him day after day, all over the front page. All right. And if you fellows aren't with me, I'll do it alone. Oh, wait a minute, Chief. Wait a minute. Just relax for a moment and listen. Neither Joe nor I deny that everything you say about Mike Hickey is true. All right. Then why don't you... We want Hickey's scalp as much as you do. Matter of fact, you may recall that I've been after you for some time to open up in that bunch in City Hall. Okay, so now we're going to get after them. Yes, but with the elections only a month off, I'm afraid that maybe your way, as Joe says, is wrong. Now, I've got an alternate plan to suggest. One that'll give us... Better than a 50-50 fighting chance for success. Are you willing to listen? Well, of course I am. Go on, spill it. Okay, here it is. Now, my plan depends on... Just a minute, Ken. Someone wants me on the intercom. Okay. Yes? Murphy, composing room. Oh, what is it, Murphy? Trouble, Chief. No paper. What do you mean, no paper? I know that a boat loaded with paper for us docked in the harbor last night. That's right. And our trucks were at the dock first thing this morning to pick it up. But they couldn't get the paper. Why not? The boat's quarantined. Quarantined? Huh? Yeah, the health department says one of the crew is sick. Well, Susan, that might start an epidemic. So they ordered the boat anchored up in the harbor. Oh, no. Not bad. Uh, how will we fix the paper stock, Murphy? Uh, not so good. You know, we loaned about 500 tons to the bulletin last week after their warehouse burned down. Yeah. That this was only enough left for two days. Oh, you're kidding. No, sir. If we don't get an okay to unload that boat by day after tomorrow, we are out of business. Great, Scott. I'll call you back, Murphy. Right. Well, how do you like that? Just when we need paper like never before to blast that picky mob out of existence, this has got to happen. I'm afraid this didn't just happen. What do you mean? My hunch is we've been framed. Framed? But who would do a thing like Mike Hickey? Holy smoke. He's got enough official control to pull a thing like this. Why, sure. That's right, by heaven. Mike Hickey did this to stop the planet's presses, to keep us from telling the people the truth about him. Well, I'm not going to let him get away with this. How can you stop him, Mr. Wayne? I'll go to the health department, to the police, to the mayor. I'll take him to the highest court in the land. I'll show them they can't pull a thing like this on me and get away with it. Wait a minute. First, it's just my hunch that Hickey is behind this. Second, even if you have a bare chance of licking that quarantine, it'll be days, maybe weeks before they lift it. And in the meantime, where will we be? Well, we can't be any worse off than we are now. Wait a minute. Don't we own a paper mill in Canada? Well, sure we do. That's where the boatload came from. But do you know how long it takes for a ship to get down here? Yes, I know. But I also know how we can get at least a carload of it and right away. Now, look, Kent. This is no time for jokes. This is no joke. Wait and see. Kent! Wait, wait. Where are you going? Well, what are you going to do? No time for quiz games now, Chief. Just you sit tight and watch us knock the props out from under Mr. Hickey's frame-up. Leaving Terry White and Joe Martin wondering if he can be serious, Clark Kent hurries into a deserted storeroom. A moment later, stripped down to the red and blue costume of Superman, rockets out into the sunlit sky and hurtles northward, his crimson cape screaming in the wind. 
in a matter of minutes, workers at a large paper mill in Canada are amazed to see the tall, colorfully garbed figure plummet down from the sky and seek out the plant superintendent. Great she horses that Superman. Right, Mr. Gavin. I'm here to pick up some more paper for the Daily Planet. Can you give me a carload now? Well, uh, sure, Superman, as soon as we can load it. Don't bother. I'll take care of that. You just show me where I can find it. Out at the warehouse. This way. Following the bewildered superintendent to the stockpile, Superman swiftly loads a number of huge, heavy rolls of newspaper on a flat car. Then, as the mill hands look on in awestruck astonishment, the man of steel lifts the railroad car and, holding it as if it were a waiter's tray, leaps up into the sky. Up, up, and away! A short while later, Superman delivers his cargo to the Daily Planet building, and the presses are kept rolling in the campaign to defeat corrupt politicians. But it isn't long before Mike Hickey is advised of Perry White's mysterious shipment of paper. Curious at this unforeseen turn of events, he summons one of his men. Pete! Yeah, Mr. Hickey. Somehow White managed to get around our quarantine with and load up with enough paper to keep the Daily Planet going. Spread the word that I want to know what happened and how. You got it, Pete? Yeah, Mr. Hickey, I got it. Now that they've taken the first trick from me, we're really going to get tough. Tell the way I want to see him. I want him and you to carry out my plan to fix it so uh, Joe Martin don't run for mayor. And when the Daily Planet bunch sees what happens, <laughs> I guarantee they won't want to back anybody else who runs against my machine. Worried now and very much angered, the powerful political machine boss prepares a new scheme designed to wreck the newborn reform movement that threatens his power. What will happen? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. As we rejoin them now, Clark Kent is seated in Perry White's office, talking over the day's events with his editor. Boy, oh boy, can't I give a lot to know what's going on through Mike Hickey's head? I mean, he found out that he didn't stop us from publishing by slapping a quarantine on a boatload of paper. I'm afraid you'll know soon enough. It won't be very nice either. Huh? Oh, rubbish. He's stymied now. There's nothing he can do to us. Well. Oh, by the way, Ken, how did you manage to contact Superman to help us out of this spot? Oh, mental telepathy, you might say. Oh, come now. What's the difference, Chief? That's not important now. What we've got to do is plan to prevent the next move. Mr. White! Mr. Kent! What's the matter, Beanie? What happened? I, I came to tell you, my, my brother Joe... <laughs> well, what about Joe? He, he won't be running for mayor now. Hey, what? What do you mean? What happened, Beanie? Stop bawling and tell us. Oh, Joe... Joe... Oh, golly. I don't know how to tell you. His hands covering his face, his shoulders bent. Copied by Beanie Martin breaks into heartbroken sobbing as Clark Kent and editor Perry White stand by, wondering and alarmed. What has happened to Beanie's brother Joe, the planet's candidate for mayor of Metropolis? Mike Hickey, corrupt political boss, threatens that Joe Martin would run for office. What has Hickey done to make good his threat? We'll find out in tomorrow's exciting episode, so be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 6 of Ruler of Darkness on The Adventures of Superman. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time by Kellogg's Pep, the super serial. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. 
up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. The Super Serial. Super as in Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Serial. Kellogg's Pep, the Super Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, and his editor, Perry White, find themselves in danger of losing their fight against a dishonest political machine even before the real battle has begun. Listen as they question war hero Joe Martin. Joe, what's this I hear about you dropping out of the campaign for mayor? Yes. Will you please tell us something that makes sense? Well, I... I can't run for mayor now. What? Easy, Chief. Why, Joe? Because... Can will you tell us why? I don't know if we'll do any good, Daniel. Now, look here, Joe. Are you in some kind of trouble? Yes, plenty of trouble. The kind of trouble I... I can't fight. Uh-oh. I think I detect our friend Mr. Mike Hickey and his machine in this, and it doesn't smell good. You know, few of us can be personal friends with a great sports star like George McAfee, the Chicago Bear halfback. So think of getting an action photo of him as a prize. Right. He's in that terrific pep photo series, The Famous Stars. You get a photo inside every package of Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Correct. An actual photo of a great screen or sports star. For instance, along with George McAfee, there's Hedy Lamar of United Artists, a lovely Virginia Mayo, starred in so many Sam Goldwyn movies. Every photo's clear and sharp, a handy, candid camera size. Now, of course, you want to collect all 24 photos in this well series and fast. So learn to play PhotoSwap, the exciting swap game. Not only fun, helps you trade your duplicates for photos you don't already have. Remember, look for your photo in every package of Pep. Those catchy whole wheat flakes that turn breakfast into fun. From the first taste, you want a bigger spoon. Because it carries more Pep at every delicious trip. I mean Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. Now, the adventures of Superman. When cub reporter Jimmy Olsen was seriously injured by henchman of Mike Hickey, political boss at Metropolis, editor Perry White swore he would drive Hickey and his corrupt political machine out of power. White opened an attack on Hickey in the Daily Planet and chose Joe Martin, war hero and brother of Beanie Martin, the planet's copy boy, to run for mayor against the machine candidate in the approaching election. Enraged, Hickey swore he would nip this reform movement in the bud. And the following evening, Beanie Martin came to White's office and carefully announced that his brother Joe was in serious trouble and was now unable to run for mayor on the planet's reform ticket. Alarmed, White and Kent rushed to talk with Joe and found him in a reception room at the district attorney's office, where we join them now. Listen. What's the matter, Joe? What happened? Yeah, what do you mean by saying you can't run for mayor? It's the truth. That dirty so-and-so fixed me. But good. Who did? What are you talking about? Hickey. Mr. Mike Hickey. All right, tell us the whole story, Joe. All the details from the beginning. Okay, here it is. You see, my father runs the news and cigar stand at the lobby of the Tremor building. Uh-huh. He's had that ever since the building was put about 25 years ago. Yes, yeah. we know that. Now, go on. Well, this afternoon, my father was arrested. Arrested? What on earth for? He was accused of being a bookie, of using his stand as a front to take illegal bets on horse racing. Good grief. Frame up, eh? Well, of course. 
When he was arrested, a fellow was at his stand with a receipt for a bet. He said he'd, he'd just given my father money to place on a horse for him. Then the police brought Dad down to the DA's office, and half a dozen seedy-looking guys swore they'd been placing bets with him for years. They were lying. Oh, of course they were. The filthy... Easy, Chief, easy. Go on, Joe. Well, they took Dad down to headquarters where he was booked and locked up until I could go bail for him. It took me quite a while. I had to cash in my war funds. Why didn't you come to me? Oh, I didn't want to bother you until I had to, Mr. White. But now I, I need help. You see, it's clear that my father was framed, but I don't know what to do about it. He's all broken up. Tremor building said they were going to cancel his lease and his stand. Well, so far, Beanie and I have kept it from my mother. She's not very well. Been sick for a long time. And if she finds out about this, well, it won't do her any good. Uh, no, no, Mr. It's all over for me. I'm licked. You you mean you're you're really going to knuckle under the hickey? Give up without a fight? Now, wait a minute. Well, believe me, Mr. White, it isn't because I want to. No. If I had just myself to consider, I'd never give up. I'd fight Hickey to a finish. And mainly because this is my town, because I've got a wife and a child. And I'd like to make this a decent place for them to live in. Of course, Joe, we understand. Well, maybe Hickey's machine is too powerful for us to buck against. Oh, come now, Chief. You're not giving up, are you? I don't know, Kent. The whole picture looks black. The picture isn't so black. Let's prove what we can do. Well, that's brave talk, but what can we do? We can talk to and get the active backing of all those business, civic, and religious leaders in town. Those who called and wired to congratulate you on your editorials against Hickey. Organize a reform party. Hey, do you think maybe, just maybe, we can get an organization thrown together? Worth the chance. Call a meeting. Get together this evening. Invite the other papers to be represented there. I guarantee that we can pick a man out of that group to run against the Hickey machine. And I take it, gentlemen, that uh, you, as the outstanding business, civic and religious leaders of Metropolis, are ready to head a reform party that will run Mike Hickey and his gang out of City Hall. There's a lot of organizational work to do, but first, we've got to decide on the man for mayor. Now, I've been giving a lot of thought to that, and I'd like to propose a man you all know and respect. One of the leading merchants and civic leaders of the city, George Hollister. Wait a minute, wait a minute, gentlemen. While I appreciate the honor, Perry and gentlemen, I couldn't possibly sell. Why? My department store takes all my time. Oh. Besides, I sit on several director's boards, so I must decline. Oh, now listen, George. This is bigger than your store. Oh, it's out of the question, Perry. But what's the matter with Bert Gray here? Bert headed the Red Cross and community chest drives for years. He's very well known and universally respected. He'd make a fine man. It's impossible, gentlemen. My, my company is recently merged with two others, as you know. I've been elected chairman of the board. I couldn't possibly take time to hold public office. Nah, you see? You see? That's why my kicky runs the public. Because everyone's too busy with his private affairs to take part in his own government. So we leave it to professional politicians. And then we squawk what they do. Now, does that make sense? Oh, oh, sure. How can they expect to have a decent city or a decent country if we work our duties as citizens? Now, look here, Perry. We go to the polls and vote. You we... vote? Yes, yes. But who do you vote for? I'll tell you, but the suit is and the other party bosses puts on the ticket. And you know that the only way you can have a decent government is to see that good, honest men are nominated and elected. But George is too busy with his department store, and Bert Gray is too busy with his business. And I suppose the rest of you... Just a minute, just a minute, Chief. Chief, how about you running for mayor? Me? Are you crazy, Kent? Not at all. You're even better known than Mr. Hollister or Mr. Gray. 
You're the editor of the largest and most influential paper in the city. Your reputation is impeccable. You'd make us well, Mayor. You certainly would, Chief. That's a wonderful idea. No, 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 no Lois. You stay out of this. It's impossible. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I can't for Mayor. Why can't you, Chief? Yes, give us one. Well, I, I, it's impossible. You know that. Well, well, well I've got to get off the Daily Planet and... Oh, uh, oh, 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 the planet is well organized. It can get along without you for a while, but the city can't. It needs you and men like you. Now, how about... Well, well, I don't know, oh, but... come on, Keith. If you really meant what you said, you'll say yes now. Well, it, it looks as if you've got me. And you'll run for mayor? Yes, and Yes, I'll run. And a boy, Waking me up at 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, I thought you better hit us right away. I got a tip that Perry White, editor of Daily Planet, you know, organized a reform party. Lots of big shots are in it. Keep talking, this. Please. White's running for mayor himself. Oh, he is, eh? I thought the job we did on Joe Martin would scare him off. Yeah, I guess he don't scare reason. Yeah, get this, boss. George Hollister is running for city treasurer. Quite grave for public works commissioner. That's enough, Pete. I don't like this. Meet me at the office in 30 minutes. What move will Mike Hickey make now against this new and strong challenge to his corrupt power? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. After a busy day organizing the Perry for Mayor campaign, Clark Kent and Lois Lane have dined, called on Jimmy Olsen at the hospital, and then taxied to Lois's apartment house, where Kent is saying goodnight to her in the lobby. On a table, a small radio plays softly. Oh, what a day. I'm all in, Clark. Yeah, me too. I'll get a good night's sleep, Lois. I'll see you in the morning. Right. Night. Night. Your attention, please. Wait a minute. Sir. Your attention, please. What's this? We've just been informed that Barry White, editor of the Metropolis Daily Planet... Chief! ...and candidate for mayor on the new Republican Party ticket, has just been arrested... Arrested? ...charged with criminal assault. Criminal assault? Stunned, Clark Kent and Lois Lane stare at each other, unable to speak. Perry White, who we know would not hurt a fly, arrested, charged with criminal assault. What can this mean? Can this be the work of Mike Hickey, whose evil power has been challenged by the gray-haired editor? There's a thrill a minute in Monday's action-packed episode, fellows and girls, so be sure to listen. Don't fail to tune in again Monday, same time, same station, for Chapter 7 of Ruler of Darkness on The Adventures of Superman. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazine. And is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the super serial. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Today, he's Kellogg's Pep, the Super Serial. Super as in Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Serial. 
Kellogg's Pepsi Super Cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman in his guise of Clark Kent is with girl reporter Lois Lane when a special announcement comes like a bolt from the blue. Listen. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. Hey, Clark, let's hear this. Harry White, editor of the Metropolis Daily Planet. The chief of And candidate for mayor on the new Reform Party ticket has just been arrested. Arrested? arrested? Charged with criminal assault. <laughs> Say, get out your pet photo of Charlie Trippy, the all-American halfback. Now look at his photo from any angle and notice how his eyes seem to follow you. Lifelike? You bet. Just like all 24 photos of famous screen and sports stars in his great pet series. You get a candid camera-sized photo as a prize. One inside every package of Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Next. Besides Charlie Trippy, there's Joan Bennett of United Artists Movies and Dana Andrews, the Sam Goldwyn star. Now, if you haven't started to collect all 24 photos in this 12 series, get going and learn to play Photo Swap. The thrilling swap game we'll show you later in the program. It's the exciting way to trade your duplicates for photos you don't already have. Remember, get your photo in every package of Pep, those swell whole wheat flakes that make breakfast fun to eat. Yes, every crunchy bite is a brand new reason to polish your bowl clean. That's a bowl full of Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. And now, the adventures of Superman. Determined to free Metropolis from the gangster rule of Mike Hickey, corrupt political boss, Editor Perry White, Clark Kent, who, as we know, is Superman, calls together the business, civic, and religious leaders of the city and organized a reform party. And at the first meeting, White was persuaded to run for mayor. When boss Mike Hickey learned of this, he told his henchmen, When we get through with Perry White and his reform party, they'll wish they'd never been born. Late the following evening, radio programs were interrupted to announce that Perry White had just been arrested, charged with criminal assault. Shocked and bewildered, Clark Kent and Lois Lane, star reporters for White's newspaper, The Daily Planet, raced to police headquarters and cornered their old friend, Inspector Henderson. What in the name of heaven is this all about, Inspector? I suppose you're referring to Perry White. Naturally. Just heard a radio flash saying he'd been arrested. Now, that can't be true. Well, it is. White was arrested, all right, Kent. He's in the city jail. Mr. White? In the city jail? That's right, Miss Lane. I never heard anything so ridiculous in my whole life. Neither did I. Something's very wrong, Inspector. Well, if you two will be quiet for just a moment, maybe I can get a word in. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now, in the first place, there's been no mistake. Secondly, your boss is in a very bad spot. We've got him booked on a hit-and-run charge. Now, wait a minute. He struck a man down with his car at Roosevelt Boulevard and 88th Street this evening. Seriously injured him and sped away. Oh, I can't believe that. Neither can I. Someone must have made a mistake, Inspector. Oh, no, 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 Miss Lane. Several reputable witnesses saw the accident and identified him. What? What's more, they got the license number of White's car. What? They did? That's right. And, and he... The chief was driving? You're sure? According to at least six witnesses, a man who answers White's description perfectly stopped his car after the accident and got out. Then, when he saw the man lying there, he must have lost his nerve. Because they say he jumped back into his car and sped away. We picked him up at his house. I can't believe it. Look, Inspector, I... you... You say there were at least six witnesses? Right. And reputable witnesses, Kent. Oh, 
Yes, men like Professor Nielsen of Metropolis University, who was walking home from the university with one of his suits. They both witnessed the accident. They described White and reported the license number of the car. A Buick convertible, license W88. Clark, we, we've got to do something. We can't oh, wait, just Just a minute, Lois. The uh, uh, victim inspector, is he, is he seriously injured? Very seriously, I understand. The doctors at the hospital say he may not pull through. Oh, that's awful. And if he doesn't, it'll be my sad duty to charge my friend Perry White with manslaughter. Oh, no, Inspector, you couldn't. Easy, Lois. Inspector, can you fix it for us to see the chief? I mean, Mr. White at once? Well, I don't know, Chief. Please, Inspector. All right, all right. May we go right over? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll call the sergeant and tell him to let you in. Thank you, Inspector. Come on, Lois. Let's go. out when you're ready to leave, Mr. Kent. Okay, Clancy, thanks. Oh, Chief, how did you ever get into a mess like this? Through the sheer, unadulterated stupidity of that adulpated, glorified beef pounder, Henderson, that's how. Now, look, Chief. I'm sure there must be some mistake, Chief. Mistake? <laughs> Why, this is the biggest farce ever perpetrated. Imagine accusing me, me, Perry White, of being a hit-and-run driver. Why, it's ridiculous. It's idiotic. No, why, now, wait I... a minute, wait a minute. Calm down. Wait, calm down. How can you expect a man to calm down? Just sitting here in this, this raffle of a cell with a ridiculous charge hanging over his head. It's not so ridiculous. It's very serious. Oh, it can't be. It can't be. It must be somebody's funny idea of a practical joke. Somebody... Chief, will you listen to me? It's no joke when you're in danger of being charged with manslaughter. What? Manslaughter? That's right. Inspector Henderson just told us that the victim of the hit-and-run accident that you're charged with is in a very critical condition. Yes, and if he should die, you'll be on trial for manslaughter. Oh, no. No, no, they... They can't do this to me. This can't be. I, I, I must be dreaming. I wish you were. I wish all of us were. Yeah, so do I. Now, look, Keith. Don't fly off the handle at this question. Just answer truthfully. You didn't hit that man tonight, did you? Of course I did. How could you even ask a question like that, Clark? I knew the answer. I just wanted to hear it from the chief himself. You do believe me, don't you? Certainly we do, Chief. Now, we've got to see if we can get to the bottom of this mess. And the only way to do that is to get all the facts. Oh, what good will it do? I've already given the police the facts, and they won't accept them. Well, they can't, because of all the circumstantial evidence piled up against you. Now, look. According to the police blotter, the accident happened at 7.39 this evening at Roosevelt Boulevard and 88th Street. Do you know where you were at that time? Uh, Henderson asked me the same question. And I told him I was on my way home at that time. Probably was right there. I mean, at 88th and Roosevelt Boulevard, about the time the accident occurred. You were? Yes. Yeah, that's it. Uh, figuring the time it takes to drive that far on my way home from the office. Well, did you see an accident or any signs of an accident there at that time? No. No, at least I didn't notice anything. Well, then, but Chief, how could all those witnesses describe you perfectly as the driver who ran down a man in a car like yours bearing your license plate? They couldn't, unless they were blind or just plain lying. Now, wait, Chief. One of the witnesses is Professor Nielsen, law school dean at the university. Certainly you don't think he would deliberately lie, do you? Oh, Kent, I don't know what to think. All I know is that I didn't hit anyone, nor did I run away from an accident tonight or any night. And here I am in jail in danger of standing trial for manslaughter. Oh, why? Why did this happen to me? Hey, wait a minute. Huh? I think I know the answer to that question. What? What is it, Clark? You know, in the excitement of all that's happened tonight, we quite forgot that you, Chief, were running for mayor. That's right. Oh, fine, fine, great. Can you just see the headlines in tomorrow's papers? Perry White, candidate for mayor, jailed as hit-and-run driver. That's not all. You're spearheading our reform ticket to drive Mike Hickey and his dirty machine out of City Hall. What's that got to do with it? Can't you see now what's behind this? <gasps> Great Scott, yes. Kent, I've been framed. Framed? That's right. Framed by as clever and as fiendish a plot as has ever been dreamed up. 
Shot. Lois Lane and Perry White staring credulously at Clark Kent, finding it almost impossible to believe that even Mike Hickey would be capable of stooping this low to eliminate a threat to his power. Is Kent right in his accusation against the corrupt politician Hickey? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Locked up in the Metropolis City Jail and charged with being a hit-and-run driver, in danger of standing trial for manslaughter if the victim should die, Editor Perry White insisted to Lois Lane and Clark Kent that he was innocent of the crime. Suddenly, the realization of what was behind the whole thing occurred to Kent. It's perfectly clear, Chief. You've been framed. Framed by Mike Hickey to wreck your chances for being elected mayor on a Reform Party ticket. And to protect the crooked political machine of which he's boss. Of course. That must be the answer. Well, it won't work. I won't knuckle under to Hickey. If necessary, I'll conduct my campaign from this cell. That's the spirit, Chief. We'll lick this somehow. Grimly, Perry White, Clark Kent, and Lois Lane set about planning their strategy. But their enthusiasm would undoubtedly be dampened somewhat if they were aware of political boss Mike Hickey's conversation with one of his lieutenants in another part of the city. Sure you've got all tracks covered on the hit-and-run accident, Lou? It's a perfect frame. The guy couldn't beat that with the attorney general from mouthpiece. Good. <laughs> that ought to show him I mean business. Yeah. Uh, what, Mr. Hickey? What if, uh, what if he's too stupid or too stubborn to give in even now? If he's stupid enough to still want to fight me and my machine, I've got an ace up my sleeve that'll put him out of my way for good and make his reform party disappear like it was hit with an atom bomb. <laughs> <laughs> With his black eyes gleaming evilly through narrowed eyelids, boss Mike Hickey leans back and draws slowly on a big cigar held between the fat fingers of his Irish hand. What can he possibly do to Perry White worse than what he has already done? A great deal happens tomorrow when Clark Kent learns the real truth behind the crime for which Perry White is accused. And as Superman goes into action in a desperate effort to save his friend and red metropolis of corrupt machine politics. Well, don't fail to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station, for Chapter 8 of Ruler of Darkness in The Adventures of Superman. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time by Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!